And uh, I want to preach on a familiar verse. One preacher said that all the Bible should be familiar. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. A lot of it isn't, but uh, that's to our shame. And, uh, but a lot of these verses that we look at are, are very familiar. Philippians 4, 13. Uh, Psalm 23. A lot, a lot of Isaiah 40, 31. A lot of those very familiar scriptures. And one reason they're so familiar is because they're so helpful. Amen. Amen. And uh, we don't need to forget them tonight, uh, but we need to uh, continually revisit them and ask God to speak to our heart afresh and anew. Amen. Philippians chapter number 4 tonight. I'd ask you to stand as we read the Word of God. Philippians chapter number 4. Now, I'll just read a couple of verses tonight for the sake of time, but do keep your Bible handy. I want to look at several. Uh, but look what your Bible said in, um, let's, just, let's just look in verse number 9. He said, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. I know, both, I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound, and everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, God, for the privilege, Lord, to be in the house of God tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the good songs of Zion. Thank you, God, for, Lord, being so good to us today, Lord, blessing us and God, just allowing us another opportunity to be able to gather around the Word of God to worship you, God, in spirit and in truth. Father, I, I pray, God, you'd help us now. God, you know the needs of our hearts, and God, you know what needs to be said and done. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us, God, as we try to break the bread of life. God, help us to say something to be a blessing. God, and a help and encouragement, God, to your people. Father, I pray that, God, that you'd take the message and tailor fit it to every individual. Give us that that we stand in need of. God, I pray for a fresh touch tonight. Lord, I pray for unction. God, I pray for power, Lord, that can only come from on high. Lord, I beg you tonight, empty me of myself. God, fill me with the Holy Ghost. God, I pray, preach me like a dying man to a dying people. Lord, I pray, use us now, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. Philippians 4.13, I mentioned a moment ago, it was one of those verses that is very familiar. The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now, I want to say tonight, I, I want to preach on that verse, but can I say about that tonight that there, that is one verse is often taken out of context and uh, used wrongfully probably as much as any verse in all the Word of God. I think personally uh, that when you take a verse out of context uh, uh, that it does uh, oftentimes does great damage uh, to the meaning or the teaching of the verse. And here in Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 13, Paul makes the statement, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And I will look this verse tonight and look at it in the context that it was written in and uh, try to be a help to you. But I want you to notice uh, as you come to the book of Philippians, I love to study this book as we study how the book of Philippians, we understand Paul was writing to the church of Philippi. He is in bonds. He is in prison. He's not in a good situation, but he's writing this letter back to the church of Philippi. How a lot of people will say about this, this letter that the theme of it 
is that of joy or rejoicing. Because many times throughout this book, I think around 17 times, joy and rejoicing is mentioned in the book of Philippians. I want to say tonight, friend, I'm glad uh, that we can have joy no matter what our circumstances are. And surely uh, this book is proof of that, that here's a man that is in prison. Here's a man that is in bonds. And as he's writing to this church, uh, he talks about joy and rejoicing. I I don't really think tonight that he intended to write a letter about joy. I just simply believe the joy that was in his heart. I begin to bleed over on uh, the page as he peeked in this and uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So some say the theme of this is joy or rejoicing. Some say the theme of the book of Philippians is that of the mind. I think in the four chapters in the book of Philippians, uh, each chapter talks about the mind or having a different mindset. But I want to say tonight that I really believe the theme of the book of Philippians uh, is the same as the theme of the entire Bible, and it is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because though the mind is mentioned much and though joy and rejoicing is mentioned some 17 times, our friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned some 50 times by name in this book. Amen. Can I just stop and say this? That is how that we can have joy in the midst of sorrow. That is how we can have joy in the midst of trouble, friend. It is in and through the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. So I would submit to you tonight that the theme of this book or the theme of this letter is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And Paul, as he's writing to this church, how don't you notice a few things here by way of introduction? Notice that in chapter number one, he talks about how Christ being our purpose. Look at what he said in chapter one, verse number 21. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. How the apostle Paul said, my purpose for living, my reason for doing what I'm doing is the Lord Jesus Christ. For me to live is Christ. How can I say for a lot of people, for them to live is their job or for them to live is their family or for them to live is their home. But Paul said, for me to live is Christ. He is the reason that I do what I do. He is the reason when they stoned me at Lystra, how that I got up and, and went again and preached another message. He is the reason. I'm free and listen that I've went through all I've went through. I, it is the Lord. He is the one how that keeps me going. He is the one that motivates me. He is the reason that I get up in the morning. He is the reason that I do what I do. He is the reason that I breathe. He is the reason that I sing. He is the reason that I preach. It's all about him. And Paul said, my purpose in life, my purpose of existence is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But in chapter number two, he talks about Christ being our pattern. Look what he said in chapter two. He said in chapter two in verse number three, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. 
But in, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than himself. Look not on every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, being found fashioned as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And Paul talks about this lowliness of mind, this submissive heart, and he gives the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, can I say tonight that he is our perfect example of obedience uh, to the will of God and of submission uh, to the will of God. He, he humbled himself and submitted uh, to the will of God. Amen. He had lowliness of mind. The Bible said here in verse 3, he said, let each esteem other better Better than himself. Can I say tonight that that's what the Lord Jesus done? How when he come to this earth, friend, he came, listen, for you and I. He esteemed me better than himself. He esteemed you and I better than his own life. And he came, listen, he is a perfect example and pattern of obedience and submission to the will of God. But in chapter number three, he talks about, listen, Christ being our pursuit. He said in chapter three and verse number 10, you know these verses, in chapter three, verse number 10, Paul said that I'm may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship is suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Now you know tonight when, when Paul penned this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he had already been saved for a good while. He had been saved by the grace of God. And when he said that I may know him, he's not talking about knowing him as far as salvation goes. Amen. But he's talking about an intimate relationship, a closeness. He said that I may know him. One writer put it this way. He said when Christopher Columbus had discovered America, he discovered, discovered the shorelines. Just a small piece of ground is all he really discovered. He went back and told everybody, I found a new land. I discovered a new world. You know what? Everything he said was true. But all he discovered, all he saw, all he experienced, experience was just a small part. I'm telling you, friend, he had never seen the Grand Tetons. He had never seen the Grand Canyon. He never saw the Niagara Falls. Though he discovered America, there was a whole lot more out there that he had never laid eyes on. And Paul said, though I met him on the road to Damascus, there's a whole lot more about him that's yet to uncover. There's a whole lot more about him that I do not know. But oh, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection more than anything in my life. He says, hey, listen, he said, I press toward the mark. That's chapter three. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I tell you what I believe the mark is. I believe it is that knowing him. Amen. And he talks about his pursuit. In chapter three, then in chapter four, he talks about Christ being our, our power. He said in verse number 13 in chapter four, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now can I say again tonight that this is not a blanket statement. A lot of people will take this verse and they'll take it out of context and take it out on the football field and uh, listen, take it to some sports arena and, and they'll say, man, as long as we put our mind to it, we can do anything we want to do and I can do all things through Christ which strengthen us. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, friend, that's not what that verse is teaching. 
Amen. You say, well, oh, but, but preacher, but, but wait a minute. I'm going to tell you something, friend. There's a lot of things that I would love to do that I've tried my best to be able to do them, and no matter how hard I try or what I do, I just I hadn't been able to. Amen, friend. I tell you what, listen, I'm five, I, on a good day in my cowboy boots, I'm five foot seven. Amen. And uh, I, listen, I tell you what I've always wanted to do my whole life. I've always wanted to be able to dunk a basketball. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I walk out on the basketball court and I look up and that looks like a long, that room looks a long way for me, amen. And I've always, and I'm telling you what, I can get to one end of the court and I can say, I, I, I look, I can say I'll do all things through Christ which strengthens me and I'll run with everything which's in me and jump and give it everything I've got and I still can't do it. Amen. Hey, listen, it don't matter how hard I pray. It don't matter what I do. I'm telling you, listen, it is impossible for me to even touch the rim. Amen. Amen. So you were preacher, so what is that verse talking about? Well, again, let's keep it in the context. What is the things that he's talking about? What is the things that he's mentioned? One writer said it like this. It does not mean all things I want to do, but it means all things I should do. Amen. And so listen, let's look at the things that he is talking about and keep it in the context. In chapter four, notice a few things here in this chapter. Notice, I want you to notice in verse number one, he talks about being persistent. Look what he said in verse number one, therefore my, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Amen. He's, listen, he exhorts this church to stand strong or to stand fast or, or to remain faithful, to stand firm on the truths that they've been taught. And listen, it's almost like Paul said, look, you're going to face opposition and you're going to face hardship. And what I need you to do is just stand your ground and stand firm and fast on the truths that you've been taught. And can I say tonight, church, friend, we need to stand firm on the the truths of the word of God. Listen, I'm telling you, this day people are backing up and people are going a different way. I'm telling you, listen, as a church, we need to stand on that blessed old book and stand on the truths. Have friend that we've been taught down through the ages. I'm telling you, listen, Paul said you we need to stand fast. We need to stand firm. And can I say, if there's ever been a day when we need to stand, it's in this day. If there's ever need to, been a day how when we need to be bold, it's in this day. And Paul said, stand fast in the Lord. Amen. He talks about being persistent. He talks about patience. In verse number two and three, notice he said, I beseech, verse two, I beseech you and I beseech sin tact that they be of the same mind. I entreat thee also, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored also with me. Now, evidently, evidently, listen, these, these two Eudas and Syntax are two women. And evidently, they have a problem with one another. Amen, friend. Listen, say, what kind of problem do they have? I don't know. What kind of problem the Bible don't tell us, amen? 
But I know this, they, they have a problem with one another. Why else would Paul instruct them to be of the same mind? In other words, have be patient with one another. Have put aside your differences. Have, listen, petty things do not matter. And have personalities may clash. Have, listen, the most important thing is the truth. Have the gospel. And we need to put aside our petty differences and come together with one mind and one purpose and one goal. And friend, it is exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the furtherance of the gospel, Paul said, do not let your differences hinder the work of God. Amen. And so this church, there was a problem in the church. Have friend, two women had a problem. And I want to say tonight, when I read that, you know what I thought? Sound like every church I've ever been a part of. Amen. I mean, there's a lot of people think their church never has problems. Their church never has issues. But listen, somebody, they'll have an issue and they'll want to run down to the next church. I'm thinking it might be better down there on the side tonight, friend. I'm telling you, listen, every time, if we, when, when imperfect people meet together and come together, they will be problems. They will be issues. They will be personalities at class. They will be disagreements. Amen, friend. But I tell you what, listen, none of those, we ought to be able, we ought to be mature enough to put those things aside and to come together to worship God in spirit and truth. Amen. And he's telling these women, hey, just put your differences aside. Have the same mind. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, I, listen, there's a lot of things in this day that people get sideways over that does not matter. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things uh, that ain't going to matter in eternity, friend, that people get sideways and upset over. I'm telling you, the only thing that matters, friend, is the Word of God uh, and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and God help us. How'd uh, you say, I don't like the way somebody said that, or I don't like the way he done that? I'm telling you, friend, put it aside. Uh, I come together with one mind and one accord. How uh, to worship God in spirit and truth. Amen. Amen. And can I say this tonight? Sometimes that's difficult to do. You know why? Because I'm pretty fond of my opinion. I don't know about you. Amen. You may not be fond of my opinion, but you're fond of yours. Amen. Isn't that right tonight? Hey, listen, I like to be right. I like to be listened to. I like people to agree with me. Amen. But can I tell you, if we're going to come together in unity, one mind and one accord, we're going to have to realize that all that my opinion ain't always right and I don't always have to have my way. I'm telling you, friend, listen, the main thing that matters, the only thing that matters is getting the gospel out to a lost and dying world. Amen. Amen, friend. And he, tell, he urges this church to be patient. He listen, he talks to them about praise in verse number four. He said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say unto thee, rejoice. Amen. Notice there's a command. He said, Rejoice in the Lord. Now I tell you what he did not say. He did not say, Rejoice in your circumstances. Amen. 
Well, you say, well, why is that? Because, uh, uh, friend, our circumstances change. Uh, uh, certainly we have learned that this year. If, we, if we've ever had a hard dose of that reality, it is this year. Our circumstances change. Uh, our situations change. Uh, but he said, rejoice in the Lord. You know why? Because he never changes. Uh, I'm telling you what, he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I'm the same God. Listen, I'm telling you the same one who said, let there be and there was. And the same one that hung the world out on nothing. He's the same God we're serving tonight. Now I tell you what, he'll be the same tomorrow. He'll be the same next week. He'll be the same next year. No matter what goes on. No matter what arises. No matter who's in the White House. He never changes tonight. Amen. And Paul said, listen, how that our rejoicing needs to be founded in the fact of who he is. Amen. Can I say this? Listen, we should be grateful for our blessings. But in the text, he don't say anything about being grateful for the blessings. You know why? Why is that? Because you know what? There's days that I feel more blessed than other days. I know I'm blessed every day. I know God's good to me every day. But I'll be honest with you, there's some days that I feel more blessed as there's some days when things go my way more than others and I feel more blessed, amen? And if I let that be the foundation of my rejoicing and my joy and my praise, I'm telling you, listen, when I have a bad day, when things are not going my way, I'll be down in the valley. I'm telling you, friend, up and down, in and out. That's the way a lot of people live their life. But Paul was saying, if you want to be consistent, if you want to have joy, no matter what's going on, I'll let you find yourself in the Lord. Amen. He talks about praise. He talks about peace, verse six. Now, this is where it really gets hard. Be careful for nothing. That means don't be anxious about it. That means don't worry about it. Amen, friend. Now, you may not be like me, but I'll just be real honest with you tonight. By nature, I worry. Amen. Some people, I heard people say, well, I don't worry about anything. And Will you pray for us that do, you know? I worry about what might happen. I worry about what could happen. I worry about, listen, what if this happens and that happens and this? Amen, friend. I'm talking about, I listen, I'll run every scenario in my mind. I worry sometimes. I'll, 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 I'll worry myself to death over it. You may not be like me. You just pray for me, amen. But he said, be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. Don't listen, don't wring your hands. Don't let it take your sleep. Don't let the things going on steal your joy. It's not worth, uh, listen, occupying your mind. You know why? Because worry is the enemy of worship. Because when we're, listen, when we're worrying, we're not trusting God. Amen, friend. We're not depending on the Lord to have full control and to be in control and do what he said he'd do. Hey, listen, Paul said, be careful. for Just don't worry about it. Amen. My wife tells me that a whole lot. She says, I don't, don't worry about it. Amen. That's easier said than nothing. He said, be careful for nothing but... In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. I tell you what, I love verse number seven. He said, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts. 
Most time, that's where we stop. Boy, thank God for the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And I've got down in my heart. But that ain't where that verse stops. He said, the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds. Now that word keep in that passage of scripture is a military term. It means to build a fence around. It means to build a gate around. It means to build a fortress around. And Paul said, listen, he said, if I want to build a fence around my mind, if I want to build a gate around my mind, if I want to build a fortress around my mind and keep worry out, keep anxiety out, and listen, keep fear out, he said, listen, instead of worrying about it, I've just got to pray and ask God and trust God, amen. He said, listen, let me say this now. Uh, Verse six and seven is some of my go-to verses in my life. You got some of those? I mean, listen, things are going on. I'm glad I can open the word of God and I can run to the scriptures and I I can claim those promises. And there's been times in my life, listen, when something's come up in my life, something has arose in my life. And friend, listen, I'm troubled, I'm worried, I'm anxious. I don't understand, maybe I'm confused. I'll go to these verses. And and I remember one time in particular, I ran to these verses. Something was, I was being attacked. And what was going on in my life did not make sense. I could not understand it. I could not see the good. I love it. I didn't understand why God was allowing it to go happen and go allowing me to go through that. And I ran to these verses and I, I, I never, never forget. I got in the altar, laid my Bible open. I said, God, you said be careful for nothing. And that's what I'm trying to do. You said, God, but everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I said, that's what I'm trying to do. God, I'm trying to trust you. I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to seek your face. Amen. And the Holy Ghost said, that ain't all. And I said, what do you mean? He said, read it again. And the Bible said in verse number six, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer. I said, God, that's what I'm doing. And supplication, God, that's what I'm doing. And he said, with thanksgiving. Honest to God, I was in the altar and I said, whoa, wait a minute. I said, Lord, how in the world am I supposed to be thankful for what is going on in my life? Because, listen, it does not make sense. I cannot see good, I love it. As a matter of fact, listen, it's causing me pain. It's causing me hurt. How in the world can I be thankful how what I'm going through this? And the Holy Ghost said, just do it. And I said, I said, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. I said, God, I don't understand why you're allowing this. I don't understand why you're letting me go through this. But God, I want to thank you that you're in control. You saw it before I ever saw it. You know it was coming before I knew it was coming. And God, I just want to give you glory and thank you for being so good to me and being in control. And God, I don't see how you're going to get good out of it. But I'm just going to trust you that you are. And I want to thank you for being in control. Amen. Can I tell you what happened? Verse number seven happened. And the peace of God that passeth all understanding have flooded my heart and flooded my mind. And I left that altar that night and thank God, listen, I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't know, listen, how it was gonna work out. But I knew it was gonna be all right because the peace of God had flooded my heart. Amen. He talks about, he talks about peace. He talks about purity in verse number 8. Look what he said. Finally, my, finally, brethren, these are just practical truths tonight. 
Finally, brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things have a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He talks about purity in our pondering, thinking on the right things. I ain't got time to really preach on that, but I want to say this tonight. That's why we need to be careful what we put in. Because what we put in is what we're dwelling on, amen? What we're feasting on, what we're feeding on is what we're meditating on is what, I listen, amen? That's why we need to be feasting on the word of God. For the psalmist said in thy word that thy meditate day and night. That shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and it shall bring forth his fruit in his season. I'm telling you, we need to think on the right things, amen? When I first got saved, I got saved, I'm talking about I was not raised in church. I was not raised around the house of God, really. I, I, I'll be honest with you. When I got saved, the man who won me the Lord gave me a King James Bible, and he said, that's all you'll ever need. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I didn't know there's other versions. I just thought the Bible was a Bible. I didn't know, listen, I didn't know, I didn't know what an independent Baptist was. I didn't know what a free will Bible. I didn't know what a Southern, I didn't know anything. I just knew I saved, Amen. I knew I was not going to hell. Amen. That's about all I knew. And I got saved. And I'm telling you, God began to grow me. And and quickly I began to struggle. This was my struggle. I came from a wicked life. And had God delivered me from a wicked lifestyle. And man, I've seen a lot of things that I wouldn't dare mention tonight. I've done a lot of things I'm ashamed of and I wouldn't dare mention tonight. But I'm telling you what, after I got saved, a lot of those same wicked things that I indulged in before I got saved have still haunted my mind. And the devil crawled up on my shoulder and he said, uh, he said, if you're saved, you wouldn't think like that. I'm telling you, I got in a bifal shape. I got in a bad shape. I went to my pastor and I said, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I said, I'm I'm telling you, I'm just tore up. He said, what's wrong? I I said, well, I'm having all these wicked thoughts and things are running through my mind. And listen, I'm talking about vile things and surely a saved person wouldn't think like this. And I never never will forget what he told me. He said this. He said, Martin Luther made this statement. You can't keep a burden flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest there. You can't help what pops in your mind. I tell you what, friend, if we put up a screen tonight and uh, we put everything that's been on your mind this week, uh, I'm telling you, we'd be ashamed. I'd be ashamed. And you'd be ashamed. I cannot help what enters my mind, but I don't have to dwell on it. I don't have to think on it. I don't have to ponder on it. Amen. How many's ever made this statement? The more I think about that, the matter it makes me. Make, oh me, amen. I tell you what the problem is, I'm thinking about it. I'm dwelling on it. I'm meditating on it, amen. I'm telling you what, friend, it's important what we think about. It's important what we meditate on, amen. He talks about purity in our pondering, purity in our practice. So he said in verse number nine, I'm hurrying. Those things which you have both learned and received, and heard and seen of me do. Amen. That's the most practical preaching you ever, you know, hey, just do it. 
I told you a moment ago when I first got saved, uh, listen, I, I, I really didn't know much of anything. I didn't know anything about positional truth. I didn't know anything about progressive sanctification. I didn't know anything about eschatology, soteria. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. Uh, but listen, I'm telling you, I knew this. I knew I was saved by the grace of God. And uh, man, I tell you, I just wanted to serve God. Amen. I didn't know, listen, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, I just knew I was saved and I wanted to serve God. Amen. But I'll tell you what, I've been saved for a little while now. I've been saved for many years. And I, I'm not saying I have it all figured out. I'm not saying I, hop, I have all the answers. But can I put it this way? For the most part, I know the basics. I mean, I know what I'm supposed to do. Then I didn't really know, but now I do. I mean, I know, listen, how I'm supposed to live. I do. I know, listen, I'm supposed to be faithful to church. I know I'm supposed to be faithful to read my Bible. I know I'm supposed to be faithful to pray. I mean, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to guard my mind. I'm supposed to separate from the... I mean, I know the basics now. I didn't then. See, my problem back then, a lot of it was ignorance. A lot of it was how that I did not know, but that's not really my problem tonight. I'm not saying I know all the deep truths of the Word of God, but I'm just saying I know what I'm supposed to do for the most part. My problem is I just don't do it. Amen. I mean, listen, Paul said this. He said, the things you've heard, you need to do. The things you've seen in me, you need to do. And the things you've learned, he said, do them. You see, it don't do us any good to know the answer. It don't do us any good to know what we should do or what we're supposed to do or what we need to do if we never do it. I'm afraid a lot of times we'll come into church and the man of God will get up and preach and we'll say, boy, that's a good message. That was a good, that was a good sermon. That was a good outline. Boy, he helped us tonight and we'll go out the door and we'll never do what we heard preached. Amen. And can I say this tonight? If that's true, then preaching has become nothing more than entertainment. Amen. Paul said, listen, we need to learn to do what we're supposed to do. I listen to the things we know. Just do them tonight. Amen. And then he talks about progress, verses 10 through 12. He said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, but now at the last year, care of me and flourish again. Where are y'all so careful, but you like the opportunity, not that I speak, not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I'm not. I know both how to be abased. I know how to abound in everywhere and all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Paul said, I have learned. Amen. Ain't that what he said? He said there in verse 3, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. In other words, Paul said this. He said, listen, I've come a little ways down the road. I've grew a little bit. I've learned how to do some things. When I first got saved, I may have struggled with contentment. I may have struggled with some things, but I've got to the place where I've learned how to be content. Can I say that's one lesson we all need to learn tonight? 
Oh, we need to learn how to be content. Hey, listen, and I'm not talking about spiritual contentment. Hey, listen, where we're just content in our relationship with God. But I'm just simply Paul saying whatever state I'm in physically. He said, listen, what he said. He said, though I be without food, he said, I'll be content. If I'm in prison, I'll be content. If they beat me, I'll be content wherever I'm at. Wherever I find myself, I will be content. I've learned how to do that. I'll be honest with you, I need to learn that lesson. But look at verse 13, and we come to our text. Verse 13, I can do all things through Christ. Now, let me submit this to you tonight. I'm about done. Watch this. The Holy Ghost could have put that verse anywhere, and it would have fit real well. I mean, God could have, and I'm not trying to correct the Bible, but just hear me out tonight. God could have put that verse in Romans 1. Where Paul said, for, listen, for as much as in me is, I'm now ready to preach the gospel. For it is the power of God and the salvation. Everyone that believes in the Jew first and also the Greek. And he could have followed that up by saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. And that would have fit real well right there. Y'all see what I'm saying? He could have put that in, in, in Ephesians 5 where he said, be not drunk with wine, where is it says, be ye filled with the Spirit. And he could have followed that up by saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That would have fit right there. I'm going to tell you where the Holy Ghost put it at. The Holy Ghost put this verse, not on the ball field, but he put it in Philippians 4 when he's dealing with persistence and patience and peace and purity and progress. Uh, listen, he said, I know these things are hard to do. I know these things are almost, they're impossible in the energy of our flesh. But I got good news tonight. You don't have to try to do them on your own. You don't have to try to conjure it up on your own. I thank God you've got, listen, if you're saved, you've got the indwelling Christ on the inside. And the one, thank God, that's got all power in heaven and earth is living on the inside. And if you'll get out of the way, if you'll yield your yourself to him. If you'll submit your life to him, he'll do through you what you cannot do. Amen. Amen. That's what the Christian life is tonight. How can I say the Christian life is not imitation? It's not you and I trying to be like Jesus. Amen. Oh, preacher, we need to be like Jesus. I got good, I got bad news tonight, friend. You and I cannot be like Jesus. Why? Because we have a fallen nature. Amen. But I tell you what, thank God, listen, I cannot be like him. I cannot imitate him. But thank God, I've got the third person of the Godhead living on the inside. And I don't have to try to be like him. I don't have to try to imitate him. But I let him that's on the inside, I think I let him live through me and do what I cannot do. Amen. It's the outliving of the in-living Christ. That's what the Christian life is tonight. It's not us beating our head against the wall, never getting victory, never learning how to accomplish these things. Oh, friend, it's the outliving of the infilling Christ. Paul said, it's not me. He said, it's not me, but it's Christ in me. Amen. You say, preacher, I have a hard time with these things. I do too. But I can do them. Through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Amen. 
That's what I need tonight. I tell you what, listen, I need to get myself out of the way. I need to ask God to empty me of myself and listen to fill me of the Holy Ghost and take control of my life and do through me what I cannot do for myself. Because, listen, I can't do anything but fall on my face. But thank God, listen, we can have victory tonight over the things that keep besetting us. Through How? Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm afraid a lot of times people never... They never really get victory. Man, they come to the altar and they get on the altar and say, oh, God, help me do this, help me do that. Help me do this, God, help me do that. And they go out the door and by Monday afternoon, everything they've been wanting to do, they've done. You know why? It's because we're trying to do it. Amen, friend. Hey, listen, you and I cannot do anything tonight. Amen. His Bible teaches that we're in Christ and he's in us. And I'm telling you, listen, the things that we're supposed to do, how we can do them in and through him if we'll yield our heart and our life to him and let him fill us and work and live through us. Amen. Yeah. See, I, I'll never be able to dunk a basketball. But I can have peace. I'll never be able to dunk a basketball, but I can be content. I was thinking about what Brother Philip and his family were singing. Man, I'd love to be able to sing like that. I mean, I have a hard time liking him. Anybody can preach that way and sing that way. I mean, that's just too much talent for one man. It's too much. Amen. And uh, at least he's ugly. I mean, I'm just telling you. He's got something. I'm just playing. <laughs> but I'll never be able to sing like that. Amen. I'll never. But I can be persistent. I can have peace. Amen, friend. There's a lot of things I'll never be able to do. But these things, these things that we're commanded to do, I can do them. Why? Because the one that's living on the inside of me, and if I give my heart to him and yield to him, he can do through me what needs to be done. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. There's a lot of things I need to do. There's a lot of things I desire to do. But I'll tell you what, I need to learn how to do what I should do. Amen. And get victory tonight over our flesh and over our sin. Amen. And I promise you, we'll be glad we did. Let's bow our head for a word of prayer. I'm going to pray. I preached too long tonight. Well, I appreciate the Holy Ghost tonight, don't you? I'm glad, listen, you understand tonight that the Spirit of God is not a force or some power, but he's a person living on the inside. And oh, oh, how we need to yield our heart to him. And how we need to let him have control and work these things in our heart that we cannot do within ourselves. I wonder tonight if God spoke to your heart. You say, preacher, there's a lot of things I can't do. Yeah, but we can do what we're supposed to do. We can do what we, what we should do, what we ought to do through Christ and I. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be in church. God, it's been good to be in church all day today. I have so enjoyed being in this place around these people. Lord, I appreciate, God, the good singing tonight. Lord, how it blessed my soul. And I appreciate the Moore family. God, I, as we come to you tonight, Lord, we ask you, God, to help us to take the word of God Lord, apply it to our hearts. 
God, to hide it in our heart, Father. And God, that when we leave this place, Lord, we would, it wouldn't soon be removed. But God, we'd learn, Father, to yield to you and walk in the Lord spirit field. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd touch every heart, meet every need. Lord, face one lost, save them. God, any out of the will of God, meet the need. God, draw us unto yourself. God, I pray. Oh, in Jesus' name, God, I beg you, help us tonight. Get glory to yourself, Lord, in our life. Oh, God, in these dark days, God, help us to be a light in the midst of darkness. Oh, God, I pray, Father, help us now. Help this church, God, help the man of God and his family. Lord, I pray, Father, we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Preacher, you come. Tonight, and uh, let's all stand if you would. Hey, Calvary, let's use the altar tonight. And uh, I wonder if there might be one here this evening who would say, Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not come back and try to, to drag you down an aisle. But I'll tell you what I would love to do. I'd love to pray for you. Is there one like that anywhere? You'd slip your hand up right now and say, Preacher, I don't know that I know that I'm saved. And you'd slip your hand up. Is there one anywhere, anywhere tonight? All right. I take it by that then, at least as far as I can tell. Everybody here tonight claims to be born again. What is it tonight that you need? Peace? Persistence? Did the Lord speak to your heart about something tonight? If he did, let's use the altar this evening. Maybe tonight some folks need to come and just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you... Would you just flow through me? Would you lead me and guide me? Help me in living that victorious Christian life. We're going to pause just for a few moments tonight. Folks are coming. We're going to pause. I'm going to make my way to the main floor. If there's one here tonight, you say, Pastor, I need some prayer this evening. We'll be glad to pray with you. And so with the heads bowed tonight, you come tonight. While we wait, you come.